Now, one of the values of our church is the ministry of the volunteers. And that is uh, a value that you can find on our website, an articulated value, and here it is. Every Christian is empowered by the Spirit for building Christ's kingdom and the church, and we are committed to unleashing everyone's ministry. So you'll find high ownership amongst the volunteers here, and that's because of our deep belief that the way the Lord has arranged the church is that he's given us all gifts to use for the building up of the church in Christ's kingdom. And so we really celebrate that, and one of the ways that we give a specific expression to it is we have volunteers preach, and we uh, did that last week, and we're doing that again this week, and so um, we're going to have two people who are preaching this week who I think have been called and are ready to serve us all this morning. So today is in our last message. It might be your first time here, and we've been in a series called Spiritual Training. And today is the last in the series. And what we've been saying is that uh, really the spiritual life is mediated. The spiritual life is mediated. You don't snap your fingers and grow into Christ's likeness or grow into a strong relationship with Christ. It's mediated. It's mediated through these practices, like what we're doing here, corporate worship, like prayer and Bible study, like fasting and disciplines of simplicity and solitude. These are gifts, really, that God has given the church to mediate our growth in Christ and our growing faith and obedience in the Lord. And so we're trying to take that seriously. And what we've been doing is giving you samples of some of the historic practices in the church. And we've been inviting you to form your own rule of life that you might be purposeful and intentional in growing in, uh, in the likeness of Christ. So remember, we've been saying that disciplines are context. They have a start and a stop time. They're context in which the Spirit of God has more access to us. The Spirit can change and transform us and grow us in the likeness of Christ. So today, we're looking at the spiritual discipline of daily prayer. And so, uh, just to prepare us to hear uh, the message, uh, the word read, and the message proclaimed, let me pray. Lord, we, we have a high view of your word around here, that scripture is not the same as any other book, but that it's part of what you've given us. Uh, really to learn to know you and follow you. And so we pray now uh, that as we read and as we hear from these, these preachers, uh, that you would fill us with your spirit and, and give life to this, this practice so that we might respond with in obedience and love. We pray for the people who are uh, preaching this morning. Uh, we pray that you would fill them and lead them. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Good morning. My name is Andre Kutsia, and uh, my wife and I are covenant partners here at Community West Church. Today, I would like to touch briefly on the discipline of prayer. And in looking at prayer, 
um, I would like for us to look at two aspects of prayer. The one is the need for prayer, and the second one of, is how to structure your prayers. So I was introduced to prayer, discipline of prayer, very early in my life. I grew up, I grew up in the deep, deep south, that is South Africa, <laughs> and we belonged uh, to the German Dutch Reformed Church. And I remember as a child and growing up into a teenager, seeing my father on his knees next to his bed in the morning before he left for work, praying, and in the evenings as he got ready to go to bed, again praying. This left a deep impact on me as a child, and my hope was to do the same as I grew up. When I was 15 years old, I gave my life to Jesus, and I wanted to also have that prayer life in my life. As I grew spiritually, I was moved by the Holy Spirit and also started praying to the Lord on a regular basis. However, initially, I was intimidated in exactly how to pray to the Lord, since the elders and leadership in our church sounded so grand and eloquent when they were praying. But through God's grace, as I studied His Word, and with the wisdom and guidance of fellow believers who have been with me on my journey to become spiritually mature, I realize that what God wants is an intimate relationship with me and every one of you. And all He wants to do, all, all He wants is just genuine, heartfelt, and personal conversations with Him. In Romans 8, verse 26 and 27, Paul states, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in according with the will of God. So we get this wonderful promise from the Word of God that even though we don't always know how to pray, or even we can be unsure if God understands what we want, that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us and makes our prayer crystal clear before God. God also wants us to pray to Him about everything in our lives. Nothing should be off limits. And Jesus sets the example for us on how much He depended on prayer. In Luke 6, verse 12, we read, In these days he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. In Mark 6, verse 46, we read, And after he had taken leave from them, he went up to the mountain to pray. And in Matthew 14, 23, we read, And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. So if Jesus, the Son of God and our Creator, depended so much on prayer and sets this example for us, why would we as His children not do the same? Just like Jesus, prayer should become a daily discipline and habit for us. In the morning, prayer is our way to lay down our day before God, to ask for His guidance, protection, and blessing. And in the evening before going to bed, to thank Him for His guidance, protection, and blessing during the day. And then also during our day, to have conversational prayer with Him as your day progresses. 
progresses regarding things big and small. I had a friend who once told me that our relationship and prayer with God is like husband and wife in marriage. We constantly talk and have conversation about our day, our family, our struggles, our anxiety, our frustrations, and our joys. If in a marriage you stop talking and communicating with each other, then eventually that relationship will become weaker and weaker and eventually maybe even fail. Just like in the intimate relationship of a marriage, God wants us to have a personal relationship with Him and to converse with Him about everything in our lives. Secondly, I would like to touch base on how to structure our prayers. When I was a young Christian, I tended to jump right into my asks about what I wanted and what I needed. And confession and thanksgiving were usually an afterthought. Me and my needs and desires tended to be the center of my prayers. However, as I grew spiritually in my faith and relationship, I realized that God is and has to be the center of my existence. And as we look at examples of prayers in the Bible, we can use the following acronym, ACTS, A-C-T-S, as a framework for our prayers. X stands for, the A stands for adoration, the C for confession, the T for thanksgiving, and the S for supplication. As for adoration, we need to focus on whom we are praying for. We are praying to the holy, almighty, sovereign, all-wise, all-powerful, gracious, compassionate, loving, caring, and forgiving God. And as we start our prayers, we should acknowledge God as such. I've got all my papers mixed up here. Secondly, C for confession. We need to acknowledge our sins before God because He is holy. In the Bible, John, one of Jesus' disciples, writes in 1 John 1 verse 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Just like in any relationship that you deeply value, if you have wronged someone, you need to ask their forgiveness to set it right. In the same way, we have to ask forgiveness for our sins so that we are reconciled with God the Father through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thirdly, the T for thanksgiving. We need to express our thankfulness and gratitude that God forgives our sins if we truly repent and turn away from our sins. In Ephesians 1 verse 7, the Apostle Paul writes, and this is the message version, because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, His blood poured out on the altar of the cross. We are a free people, free of penalties and punishment, chalked up by our misdeeds. And not just barely free, but abundantly free. And finally, the S for supplication. We bring our supplications to God. Anything we need, we can bring before Him. Supplication comes from the Latin verb, which means the Latin, the Latin verb supplicare, which means to plead humbly. So we need to plead humbly before God. God is our Father who loved us so much that He sacrificed His Son so that we can be saved. So in, the proved, so in, the, in that proven love, he wants, us to become, he wants us to come to Him with our deepest fears, frustrations, anxieties, needs, and desires. 
as our Father, from whom nothing is hidden, He knows all we, we need and struggle with, and He wants to help us, support us, encourage, comfort, and provide for us. He sometimes answers our prayers through the moving of the Holy Spirit in our lives, through highlighting Scripture verses in His Word that provides direction for us, or He uses people in our lives to give us wisdom and direction where we need to make decisions. This reminds me of uh, a funny story that I've heard recently uh, from a famous preacher. He said a single mother had a young daughter that became sick on a Sunday evening and was running a fever. She asked the daughter to stay in bed while she would drive to the local pharmacy to get medication to help her bring the fever down. As she came out of the pharmacy with the medication, she realized that she locked her keys in the car. So she called the daughter and explained the conundrum that she was in, and the daughter said, well, mom, why don't you just make like they do in the movies? Go to the pharmacy, get a piece of wire, fish it through the, the window, and open the door like that. So she went to the pharmacy, she got the wire, and she tried that many times, but she just couldn't do it. And eventually she was so frustrated, she looked up to heaven and said, Lord, I really need help here. Can you please send me help? And just then, a car pulled in next to her, and a big burly gentleman got out. And on his way to the pharmacy, she stopped him and said, Sir, can you please help me to open this door? She gave him the wire. And within 30 seconds, he opened the door and gave the keys for her. And she was very, very thankful and hugged him and said, Sir, you are a saint. And he said, Ma'am, I'm no saint. I was released from prison two days ago. And she, she looked up to heaven and she said, Lord, thank you for sending me a professional. <laughs> I tell this funny story, but I have many times in my life experienced God answering my prayers in unexpected ways and not always the ways I wanted. There was a time many years ago when I was unemployed for a long time. I prayed earnestly for a new job. But God, through his scriptures and a friend, pointed out that there was sin in my life that I first needed to repent of and be reconciled with loved ones and God before he's ready to grant my request. Only after doing this and coming to him in total submission and obedience did he bless me with a wonderful job. And more recently... I had a very strained relationship with a person in my life, and my initial prayer to God was for this person to lighten up, change their attitudes towards me, and realize that they were wrong. However, over a period of time, the Holy Spirit led me to first pray that God would change my heart and attitude towards that person, to try and understand why they acted the way they were and how I could show them grace and kindness and compassion instead of critique and condemnation. The good news is that once I did that, our relationship completely changed because, of, because through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, I was praying according to the will of God for me to be more like Jesus in approaching that person. So to summarize quickly, we need to pray to God on a regular and a daily basis since He wants an intimate and personal relationship with each one of us. And the way that relationship flourishes and grows is through frequent, honest, and personal communication. And secondly, the way we can structure our prayers are with acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S, which stands for Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. I hope this was helpful to you, and may God bless you in your prayer life.
Good morning. I'm Lisa Old, covenant partner here at Community West, and it's my privilege to share with you some of the ways that God has worked in my life uh, through praying, particularly praying the Psalms. I begin each morning with a cup of coffee in hand in my red comfy chair in our sunroom with my, back, my stack of Bible, devotionals, journal on the side, often a lit candle in front of me with the intention of beginning my day with prayer with Jesus. Sadly, the truth is, when I find my way to that devotional chair in the morning, I'm often prone to forget, to forget about Jesus and to go inward. Inward to focus on my wants, my desires, and my fears. My inward thinking is a bit like a spin cycle on the washing machine, spinning round and round the same thoughts of fear and anxiety over my inability to handle whatever I'm facing that day. I find myself unable to see how life can go differently than what I am fearing. Honestly, in those moments, the Lord is often far from my mind. Somehow, all the truths that I would say, I believe, about the Lord have just vanished like a vapor from my heart and my mind. My intention is to spend time with him, but the truth is I have found my experience of showing up for daily prayer often looks like me sitting in my chair in a cul-de-sac of me. Can I do it? What if I fail? Do I have what it takes? What will people think of me? Am I going to get what I'm asking God for? Am I going to get what I want? Christian psychiatrist Kurt Thompson teaches, we've developed highways in our brains and how we think and respond in life. The major highways that we're all battling come right from the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve responded out of fear and shame. We battle with fear and shame and their cousins of anxiety, worry, self-concerns, insecurity, obsessive thinking over our own problems. It takes intention and effort to build new highways that lead to faith and trust in God. I have found I need help. I need help talking to the Lord about what I'm facing and how life feels particularly challenging. The Psalms, I have learned, help my heart to return to prayers, prayers that are more of faith and trust in God than I can often find my way to articulating on my own. Reading a psalm helps refocus my prayer time on God rather than on me. The psalms help me build new highways in my brain to live in the promises and the goodness of God, reminding me that he loves me. He is with me. I have what I need most in him, reminding me of the basic truths that are in my head and my heart that I often forget. Grounding my heart again of this, the truths that we learn simply from John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God loves me. God loves you. He sent his son. He loved us so much that Jesus died that we, each one of us, can have forgiveness of sin. Jesus rose from the dead so that we might all have everlasting life. 
we're joined to the benefits of his resurrection through faith. These are the truths. These are the truths that I need as the major highways in my brain and in my heart. These are the truths that I want to return to in my daily prayer each day. I'm helped by this quote from Richard Foster. In prayer, real prayer, we begin to think God's thoughts after him, to desire the things that he desires, to love the things that he loves, to will the things he wills. Progressively, we are taught to see the things from his point of view. Praying the Psalms help create a new highway of prayer that help get me out of the cul-de-sac of me, of self, and return to the Lord. I have found it helpful to have a few Psalms that encourage my heart that I'm able to pray on these particularly challenging mornings. Let me just give you a few applications from my own life. When I was in seminary, I found myself returning over and over again to Psalm 121. I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The author of this psalm is stating their focus is on looking up to the heavens, to the Lord for help, not to the pagan shrines that would have been located on the hills. This verse was helpful to me and my friends as we were feeling overly matched by our studies. We too were looking from, for help, to the, looking to the heavens, to the Lord for our help. Eventually, a few friends and I would find each other saying to one another, eyes up, eyes up. This was code for look to the Lord, look to the Lord because he will give you the help that you need. A short prayer in our moments of need. A prayer returning our focus to God, the God who made heaven and earth. My mom and I shared a love for Psalm 118, verse 24. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Before my mom passed away, she gave Nelson and I a stencil of this verse that we have on our kitchen wall. This verse guided me in the loss of my mom to continue to rejoice in the Lord, in his love, and his plans. Over the last year or so, when Nelson and I were facing a particularly challenging day, when I would have been prone to return to that cul-de-sac, that cul-de-sac of me, that cul-de-sac of fear and anxiety, I found myself saying to myself and to Nelson, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. These words have helped me build new highways to live in the promises of the goodness of God. I would like to close with guiding us through a prayer through Psalm 62. So if you'd close your eyes and join me in a moment of prayer. We are going to begin with a moment of silence. 
And in this silence, I'd like to invite you to reflect on what in your life is keeping you in the spin cycle. A spin cycle of worry, fear, and anxiety. What are you asking? Can I do it? Do I have what it takes? What if I fail? What will people think of me? Am I going to get what I want? How is God going to answer my prayer? In this moment of silence, I'd like to invite you to admit those things to the Lord now. With those areas of your life in view, I would like to invite you to pray silently Psalm 62, verses 1 and 2, and 5 and 6, as I read them aloud. Truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. Yes, my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him. For God is our refuge. Lord, I thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you that you love us and you want to help our hearts and our minds return each day to a trust in you to a belief that you love us, that you are with us, and that we can trust and rest and find joy in each day as we rely more deeply upon you. In your name I pray, Lord Jesus, amen.